Okay, what's up, everybody? This is the Post Money Plan podcast. You can find us at postmoneyplan.com or search the Post Money Plan in the iTunes podcast app. This upload is coming to you June 7th, 2017. And as always, we believe empowerment comes through knowledge. So our purpose here is to inform, educate, and stimulate thought on topics within personal finance, economics, and investing. Today, we're going to be talking about the interview process with respect to job hunting and basically just delving into the nuances of the interview process. So I have Peter Ye on the show with me today. I've spoken with him previously on a few other podcasts concerning the recruitment process and headhunters, so I wanted to follow on and get a little bit more into the details of interviewing with him. So just to remind the audience, Peter not only served as a graduate career advisor during his MBA program, but has also interviewed for dozens of jobs and secured 10 plus jobs over the last 10 years. So you could say he has some experience with the interview process and what works and what doesn't. Okay, Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Alice. Glad to be here. Could you just refresh the audience on your interview credentials real quick? Sure, sure. So didn't graduate at the best of times, graduated in 2009 and I would say that getting a job at that point was fairly difficult, and I've gone through quite a bit of interviews as well as job searching, as well as kind of settling for jobs that I wasn't necessarily fond of, especially with a undergraduate degree. But, you know, I have interviewed at quite a few jobs, some that were in my wheelhouse, some that I did study for, and others that were completely different from what I ever thought I would go into. And during that time, as Dallas mentioned, I've probably interviewed at more than a dozen jobs at this point. And I've gotten offers at, I believe, all of them except for one. And I think using certain techniques, which really just involve being very confident and being well prepared for the interview, and what they may ask and how to best reply in those circumstances. So. Hopefully, I could share some of my thought. Not everything I'm going to say is perfect, but hopefully, it'll be helpful. So, all right. Okay, first, start us off with an overview of the chronology of the interview process as it fits into the whole recruitment process. So, you apply. There's an automated filtering system these days. HR screens through people. Eventually, if they like you, they'll invite you in for a first interview. Take us from there. So it's a pretty general sense of kind of what happens when you do first apply. There's some sort of screen, then there's an HR screen, and that person generally will be part of the company, or sometimes there's a headhunter where there's a middleman between you and getting in direct contact with the company that you're interviewing with. Once that occurs, you can go through the internal HR recruiter which will ask you questions that are fairly basic. That might be your kind of intro interview. Then, depending on what type of job, you can go through up to, you know, I've heard up to seven to eight rounds of interviews throughout the course of a couple of months, depending on what type of company it is. But usually those middle interviews are people that are your coworkers or going to be your senior leaders within the firm that are really going to test your knowledge base on whether or not you're familiar with the industry, whether or not you can critically think, work in teams, learn, deal with ambiguity and change, because a lot of the jobs nowadays aren't as uh, straightforward. But depending on where you are, they're going to ask you fairly difficult questions, 
it might surprise you sometimes. I've been in interviews, even on the other side of the table, where we would have one person ask very simple questions, but the other person ask very difficult ones, and even change facial expressions just to see how the person would react when <laughs> uh, dealing with someone that is clearly not very nice to you. And that's not, you know, that's done on purpose because it's not that we're not nice people, but also sometimes, especially when you're dealing with clients or if you're dealing with a person that's not having a good day at work, you're dealing with quite a bit and being professional and being able to handle yourself in these cases is extremely important. So, you know, they might throw something in there that might be a little different, but at the end of the day, they're all looking for very similar qualities because you can't teach certain things. You can't teach whether or not a person is going to really do their best or try very hard or learn fast or critically think outside the box. But you can't teach them the material that drives the business. You can't teach them how things work, how a firm makes money, you know, processes, things like that. So a lot of these things really do try to hone in on what type of person you are. And throughout seven or eight interviews, sometimes they'll be able to find that. So one of the things is definitely to be yourself. So. Well, I would argue that it's not that you can't be taught or learn to critically think or think outside the box or things like that, but they probably don't want to invest the time that it would require to do so. That's true as well. Okay, so walk us back in, in more detail now with some advice through how the interview process is going to go from, let's say, like inside the company, HR takes an interest in you, and that they reach out and invite you in for an interview. What starts to happen there? Okay, I mean, first things first, like when you do get invited to an interview, you need to know the company that you're interviewing. There's been countless times, even at career fairs, where you know, I've sat in a booth and I've had people come up to the booth and go, hey, I'm really interested in your company. Tell me more about it. And my first question is generally, how about you tell me what you're interested in? And we can go from there. And a lot of the times you'd be very surprised that when someone says, I'm very interested in your company, they actually don't even know what industry it's in. So these are the types of things. Be prepared. I mean, if you're invited to go into an interview, do some homework. Make sure you know about the company, but also kind of know, do some research on Glassdoor. Look into what are some typical questions for that specific job or career track, because they're not going to be too far off. And those can really give you a sense of how to prepare, right? So questions on how to prepare are Tell me about a time in your past when you've had to deal with a difficult boss or tell me about a time when you had to solve a critical problem from beginning to end. These are typical interview questions that you can really prepare for way before you even get into that first interview where you can be a lot more confident about your answers and really get those stories straight where it kind of hits home of why you're going to be a great candidate. So these are important things to do before that first interview. And uh, the second things are not only prepare, but also dress professionally. It might be the case that people there only don't wear a tie or don't wear a suit every day. But, you know, at least for your first interview, you want to be as professional as possible. It's always better to be prepared with a tie and a suit than walk in with jeans and a polo. And the third is just be very professional, act like you want the job, always smile. Body language portion of an interview is something that most people don't realize that takes into account. 
that people take into account because when you're sitting there interviewing and you have your back on a chair and your legs are folded and, you know, your hands are behind your head, it looks very poorly on your part. You might have the best answers in the world, but it doesn't give off a good vibe without actually showing the correct body language while you're in an interview. And that's also something that you can practice before getting in to that point. Well, so we kind of skipped over this, but I would think the first thing you want to do, if you get an offer to come in an interview, you want to accept and confirm it and coordinate the logistics, right? Yeah, that's, I, you know, I definitely skipped over that part. I just assumed that if you wanted the interview, you'd probably go in. But yes, you do have to accept. You do have to, you know, make sure you know the details of what time you're going in and what location it is. Um, a lot of the times, you might not be able to find the place right away. So I recommend going a day or two before you actually have to go to the interview to make sure that you know where the place is, how much time it takes to get there. So you're not late. You're not rushing to get there. That can throw your whole interview off if you rushed to get there or you're a couple minutes late. I've actually been in an interview where I've been 10 minutes late in the early stages of my career. And my first question was essentially, why are you late? <laughs> and that, that was it. The, the interview, I, when I remember when I told you I didn't get one job, that was actually the one job I did not get, <laughs> which I interviewed for. But I actually didn't interview, so I'm not sure if I should count that. I actually just got, why were you late? I actually don't have time for people that are late to an interview. Even though I was in a traffic jam, that wasn't a good enough answer. Yeah. And that was the end of the interview. So, yes, it's very important to know where you're going. Make sure you're, you get there at least 15 minutes before the interview. Don't sit there for an hour, but, you know, 15 minutes is generally a good time so, yes, th those are things that you should definitely do. When if you're going to be interviewing with a medium to larger scale company, it's probably the secretary that's going to be coordinating with you from the team or the yes, office. Yes, it's generally the secretary. The secretary will let you know even sometimes who you're meeting with the first time. Do some research on them, you know, understand their background. But, yes, they will coordinate where you're going to be, what building, especially when it is a larger firm. They'll have multiple buildings on maybe a company campus. Make sure you know which building it is, not just the general area, because it can be a very large campus, and sometimes it takes 20 minutes to walk across these campuses. But yes, the secretary will tell you what time you're going to be there, the layout of your whole schedule for the day. Sometimes you might have multiple interviews throughout the day. Sometimes you might have one, just depending on what type of company it is and what stage of the interview process you're in. Here's another thing that people might not know about or be worried about is if it's a long distance interview or where you have to, would have to fly, you don't want to assume anything. So what should you do when you say like you live in New York and you get a job interview offer over in L.A. or something and you know you're going to have to fly, but they haven't said anything yet? Like, how do you broach that subject? That's a good question. I Usually what they're supposed to be doing is any company that's going to schedule you to fly out will generally have already made you interview once or twice. So you would have had at least two interviews on the phone with different people before they fly you out because you're generally when that happens, you're on your second to last or last interview for that position because they don't want to spend the money for you. If they haven't actually come forward and told you these are your details, this is how this is going to work, you're going to book the ticket and we're going to pay for 
generally, that would be probably your first question. I, I'm excited to come to the interview. I realize it's on this day. How is the travel generally coordinated? Who can probably help me with that? Just show that you're kind of putting more of the onus on them than saying, hey, this is the ticket. Now what do I do with it? Versus this day works for me. How do I arrange my travel arrangements? Do I use a system or does someone there help me? So. Basically, most of the time, the company is going to pay for your flight if it's long distance, and they're also going to cover your expenses of meals and if you had to stay in a hotel or anything like that. So that's typically what is going to happen. It's just a matter of if they don't clarify all those things with you ahead of time, maybe because they either assume that you know or forget to tell you, and you're not quite clear on it, then you should just carefully broach the subject, right? Yes, you should definitely carefully broach it. And preferably with someone who's not the hiring decision maker, the secretary or someone. You always go through Do not, especially at that point, you might actually be familiar with your second interviewer. Don't ask them. Always ask the secretary because they, they wouldn't even know actually what it looks like. There's only one person that's usually in charge of your travel and in charge of what time you're getting there. And usually they're the secretary or the assistant. They're going to not only be the ones that know everything, but they're also going to be the ones that you should actually talk to. And probably won't be the ones that will cause you to lose the job opportunity if you say something a little off. True. Although, at the same time, that definitely plays into your interview. I think how you treat the assistant, how you treat the secretary, how your emails are. Regardless of what a lot of people think, it's not just the higher-ups that you need to please within an interview process because you're always working in a team. And because you're going to work with the secretary or the assistant or the person putting together your travel plans, their feedback is usually taken into account in the hiring process. They'll usually ask, how was he? What did you think of him afterwards? And I've seen this on the other side, where their feedback is definitely taken into account because they're going to be working with you as well. Okay, so you accept the interview, you coordinate all the logistics, you go and do your research on the industry, you do your research on the company, you research the department that you're potentially interviewing for, research the team, potential boss, the boss's boss, your peers, whatever information you can find. Then you probably want to search online for the team-specific interview process info that you mentioned about Glassdoor. What's some of the stuff that you would do there? Yeah, that, okay. I would do the research on your interviewers specifically. Glassdoor is actually a pretty helpful tool. Um, there might be others now online, but Glassdoor is one that is used quite a bit. But when you go in, you can actually type in the name of the position you're interviewing for as well as the company. And what people do or how Glassdoor works is in order to be a part of Glassdoor, you need to sign up, but you also need to type in something about your interview process. So where you currently work, you might have to answer a couple questions. It might be salary range or how is your interview process or questions they've asked. What they do is they compile that information and allow you to access it publicly. So if you're going into a financial analyst position at Hertz Corporation, for instance, you can type that into Glassdoor and it will show you some of the questions that they've asked in the past, the experience of the person doing the interview. 
And sometimes if you can't even find that specific position, you can look at other positions and they'll actually write down what position they interviewed for, whether or not they were actually offered a position and whether or not they accepted and how their experience was. And I think it's pretty helpful in terms of taking a look at that before you do go into an interview process, because that will give you some guidance on what they may ask you. Yeah, and I know at least within finance, Wall Street type jobs, Wall Street Oasis is a good website for that kind of information. Yeah, that's that's true as well. Okay, so after you do the research on uh, all those parts, another note I I would make there is on researching the team and the person who's going to interview you or your potential future boss or boss's boss. If you could make some kind of notes on some talking points of something you could build some rapport with them on, like if you notice that they like golf and you like golf too, you could talk something about golf or something where even if it's not specific to the job where you're just building that rapport with them and have some kind of commonality where it builds some likability for you. And that's exactly why you do do research into their background. So the whole interviewing, you can go about it in a couple of ways. The first way is really answering their question, right? And answering in a way that's pretty good. But an interview process is fluid. And by that, I mean, you have to consistently think on your feet. You need to understand what they're saying and you need to really take that into account and you need to reply in a way that, you know, makes you look, you know, know what you're talking about, but also you want to not make it as stiff. So usually the best interviews entail talking about something that might not necessarily be related to the job. (laughs) That that makes me think of like a, a political debate panel where some politician is asked, what is your policy on immigration? And then they start talking about, we need to uh, create more jobs, or, you know, like they start changing the subject. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's exactly it, actually, now that I think about it. They talk about something that they know the crowd is going to react to. So during an interview process, you might be asked something about your job or how you've worked in a team before. And then you can bring up something where, like, you know, I played competitive soccer. So that's where I learned my teamwork skills from from a young age. And knowing that soccer is on their LinkedIn profile, you can really guide and really bring up things that can make the interview process go a lot better. Because the interviewer also is reading off of a sheet, right? They have five to ten questions in front of them that hit certain traits of yours. And I'm not saying bring them off course, but in so doing and talking about something they like, you're also showing that you can be a very sociable person and very comfortable with other team members, regardless of who they are, and talk about something that doesn't sometimes is a necessary break at work, which is sometimes not about work. So it helps you. And I think you brought up a great point, Dallas, that you're using these they're almost like putting them in your pocket for use when you need them, and sometimes you won't, but it helps tremendously during an interview process. Once you're able to understand the fluid movement of an interview, you only get better at this, where you're able to bring it out at the perfect times, and it makes the interview process so much better than just answering a question and being stiff and not being able to relate to the other person. Okay, so the point there would be not to be completely off topic and never answer any questions that they ask you, but to try to think about guiding the conversation in directions that you want to take it to demonstrate your knowledge and expertise and your likability and your ability to build rapport with people and things like that. Yeah, because that's a lot of what some of their questions are going to be aimed towards. So. Yeah. 
So we went over accepting and confirming the logistics of the interview, talking about doing the research ahead of time. Then how about like being more specific in your studying of reviewing the job description and knowing exactly what they're looking for for that job that you're interviewing and then studying those unique skills, right? That's pretty important, right? Yeah, that's definitely important. You're brought in under the assumption that, especially into an interview, that you know and have all these skill sets. And hopefully you're one of the people that have been honest on your resume and actually have these skills. However, (laughs) if you don't necessarily have them, or if you do, you want to actually be prepared for questions on these skill sets. Because when you're going into an in-person interview, they're asking you questions that are specifically related to what they're looking for. And you need to think of ways on how to reply. And you need to dig into your experiences, into your job history, and come up with these stories that really, of your past experiences, that really capture how you were able to hit these specific skill sets. So, for example, let's take teamwork. Someone asks you, you know, tell me about a time when you worked in a team or in a difficult team. You need to be able to say, well, there's this experience when I was in my past job where you know, I worked with a couple of team members, one of which was extremely difficult. And you need to be able to explain the situation. You need to explain why it was difficult. You need to explain what you did to mesh the team together and how you did it. And then you need to explain what the outcome was. And that's a perfect example of having something in your pocket for exactly when they're going to ask a question like that. You know, practice that story. Practice it either in a mirror or practice it with a close friend. You need to have multiples of these stories to actually answer the questions that they're going to ask you. Because, one, you already know what type of questions they're going to ask you based on their job posting. But, two, you're really taking, you're making sure that you're giving them the best example of your past to answer their question. And that's a great way to actually start preparing for these interviews. So an even more specific example that I would think of is if you're a developer applying for a developer job and you think like, oh, I know coding, or let's say there's a developer job that wants you to code in Python, but you only know MATLAB, you better study up on Python and make sure you know it, know what you think you'll need to know for the interview at least, and not just go on like, oh, I know MATLAB and that's good enough. So getting very specific about what's required for that job. Yeah, that's true as well. I mean, honesty is always nice as well. But it's not just studying, but it could just be you're very comfortable in MATLAB. And in Python, you have basic knowledge. And maybe you've enrolled in a course to learn and to actually use that and familiarize yourself with it. But then you can also go in terms of what the similarities are and how quickly you're able to pick up computer languages and make an example in your past. Because I'm assuming if you're a developer, you've used multiple languages and you can be able to relate to how they're actually similar and how they're different. And hopefully MATLAB is very similar to Python. So these are things that you can augment your your interview process and also your skill sets with just say, hey, this is this is why I'd be great for your position, but also give factual information behind it. My point there is that if you look at the job description and they tell you in the job description some very specific things that they're looking for, and the general thing is within your competency, but maybe not the specific thing. So that's something that before the interview, since you have a general understanding, you could be doing research and homework 
to try to learn more specifically the thing that they're looking for. Yeah, it's always important, yeah, definitely to do your homework and, and do those things. Yeah, I agree. You were kind of already saying this, but studying the things specific to the interview process, like the thing that comes to mind for me, like for consulting firms that love to do case study interviews. So if you're doing a consulting interview, you really want to study how to do case studies, right? Right, yeah. There's certain consulting's kind of unique in the fact that you know that there's always going to be a case study that's involved in it and you definitely want to read books that kind of remind you like case in point on how to actually perform in those but generally the point of the case or case study interviews is to look at how you think and how you solve a problem and how you structure your thought process and that's what case in point teaches you to do but also not just consulting but if you're going into let's say banking and you're going into let's say a retail job they're going to ask you questions that are related to finance and how you handle clients. And, you know, you can cater your interview thought process towards how to prepare for them. So every industry, every job has those very similar baseline questions that you're going to be asked. And for consulting, you're right, it's, it's the case study. You know they're going to ask you it, so definitely be prepared for that type of question. So some other things I think of once you do your studying, but then just in terms of general preparation, I think it's beneficial to know, to figure out who the key decision makers are in the hiring process, because whoever has the authority is the one, you might not spend that much time with the person who has the ultimate authority. So you really want to make a good impression with that person, especially. I mean, of course, you want to make a good impression with everybody. But if you spend all your time trying to like impress the secretary, and then you kind of like ignore the director of the office, you're investing your effort in the wrong direction, I would think. That's true. It's funny that you bring that up because it's definitely true. You're going to spend the most time probably with the people that aren't necessarily decision makers, maybe because they just don't have as many time constraints. But the person that is the decision maker usually has the largest time constraint, and you might spend actually the least amount of time with them. It sometimes depends, but you do need to focus your energies probably more on the decision makers. You know, your hiring manager. Sometimes a decision maker isn't even your hiring manager. So, for instance, the director of the office may be the decision maker, but your hiring manager may be working under him, but the director is the one saying yes or no. So, you do need to, you know, focus your energies and, you know, get along with them throughout the interview process. So, I think that that's a good point. Any good interview process, they actually take feedback from all lines, all people. But if the person at the top does not like you, it doesn't matter whether or not the people under him like you. (laughs) So then you usually don't get the job. You've already said this, but I want to reemphasize it. Preparing answers to common interview questions, not just a case study type of interview for consulting, but common interview questions like when you worked on a team or when you experienced a difficulty or what your biggest weakness is or things that you enjoy to do in your free time. Just having general answers prepared for those kind of things so that you're not caught off guard and nervous during the interview because you just like had these things already in the back of your mind. I think that's going to go a long way. Yeah, I, I would say there's a lot of great information that we've said so far. That would be one of the top three by far, if not the most important, because 
that you cannot emphasize enough being prepared, but also preparing in the right way. A lot of people for interviews prepare in the wrong way, where they sit there and they research all of this information that may not even be applicable to their interview. But what is applicable is they are going to ask you questions, and they're more interested in your background and how you can use your background to help their company and how it's applicable to that position. That's a hundred percent going to happen. <laughs> so, using your time wisely, especially in arranging your history and how you can make an impact in that interview and the best impact in that interview. Is truly to th start thinking about your past and coming up with stories that really emphasize those really good qualities that you have in a really clear, concise, and impactful way. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So this is something that I think people will often forget about because this is kind of about taking some of the control of the interview process in the same way that you would direct your answers to how they ask you questions, but. Making a list of questions on things that you want to know from them, so that you actually ask the information that you feel like you need to know from them, because it's not all just them finding out about you. You should be finding out about them, and if it's really a place that you want to work and would enjoy. So you shouldn't forget that. I think. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I mean, a lot of cases, you know, we just go in for an interview, and we're always worried about whether or not they like me. And it's only recently where I've realized that you can get the job, that's fine, and you can go into it, and you realize that you actually don't like it at all, and you just wasted, you know, a year or two years in doing something that may not necessarily be that beneficial. You need to really make sure you learn a lot about them and make sure that you like them as well. But <laughs> so that that makes me think the interview at the last job that I had, one of the guys that would have been on the same level as me. Interviewed me for part of the interview, <laughs> and he's talking to me, and he just like he seems kind of like strung out, and the way he answered questions about the place to me seemed like he was jaded and on his way out kind of thing, which is not a good sign, you know. <laughs> and it was actually a good telltale sign in the sense like by the time I started there, he had left. His sentiment. I think was legitimate, and there was a basis to it. So, <laughs> so th those aren't things you should ignore. That's true. You also have questions depending. So, when you do your research on someone, it's always important to see where they really are in the corporate ladder. By that, I mean the questions you're going to ask to the major decision makers are going to be different than the questions that you ask from your peers. Your peers, you may ask something like, "What does your typical day like?" But you're not going to ask the director of the business unit, "What does your typical day look like?" Because frankly, that's not really going to help you. And two, that's not a very thoughtful question to ask your boss's boss. In my last interview, I actually got the opportunity to talk to one of my peers, and that wasn't an interview. That was I sat there and I took a test, an Excel test on, on modeling. And at the end of it, it was actually an informal way to kind of get to know him. And we talked probably for 30, 40 minutes after the Excel test. I was way over my interview time. But I was asking him questions that really was really able to see, hey, this is how I'm going to be and this is how he actually likes it here. And that gave me a good vibe in terms of, hey, is this a great, great place to work? Or are they hiding something? Are they sugarcoating you know, what the job actually looks like? 
But again, you can't ask those questions up and down the ladder. So you have to really come up with questions that are applicable to the person you're talking to, which goes into the research, making sure you do the research on who you're interviewing with to make sure those questions make sense and you can actually ask the right person. Well, speaking of running over time, we're actually running long on this episode. So what I'm going to do is, is cut this off and make this part one, and then I'll bring it back with Peter next week and wrap it up in part two. So thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan Podcast. Mm-hmm.